Praise God. So on this Sunday morning, I've got a lot of praise on my heart for the Lord. And, and I hope there's a lot of people watching online because I have a very special message that I feel like the Lord gave me for this morning. And I'm glad that you took the effort to come out of the house of God. You had a good excuse. You could have said, it's snow and I can't go. But you're here. And so I've got a message of blessing, I believe, that the Lord is going to give us today. And I'm going to the book of Genesis, chapter 42 and verse 2. While you're turning there, I want to remind you that we do have a full schedule today. We're having church tonight. Uh, if you need, uh, we can send a sled after you. Hallelujah. Some of these guys are sledders. And I'm not guaranteeing you how fast they'll go. But I don't think it'll be that bad, actually. So Genesis chapter 42 and verse 2. And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get you down hither or thither and buy for us from thence, that we may live and not die. I have heard that there is corn in Egypt. Get down there, buy for us from there, that we may live and not die. And today, I have a message of encouragement for somebody simply entitled, Fear Not, God Will Take Care of You. Let's lift our voices and let's give God praise. Lord, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing for us today. I ask for the holy anointing of God to cover me now and cover these precious people. I pray that there would be a, a wonderful presence of God that would just touch every heart and mind. I pray in the name of Jesus, the blessings of the Lord upon the people who are with us in service today and upon those who are with us online today. In the name of Jesus, your blessings, Father, we ask in Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here today, all of our guests. I see some, and we're happy to have you. Amen. Famine had engulfed all the nations in Jacob's day. Sometimes we think, boy, who could have it rougher? Well, if you had lived about 100 years ago, you'd find out who had it rougher. I went through four or five days without electricity, and... You can tell me about the good old days all you want to. But I still like going over to the wall switch and flipping that wall switch on instead of lighting a candle. And I really appreciate indoor plumbing. In the good old days, they had three rooms and a path instead of six rooms and a bath. So we are really blessed. But in Jacob's day, there was no food in the whole region because a famine had come and it was severe. Both Egypt and Canaan wasted away because of the famine. And it seemed inevitable that Jacob and his family would surely suffer greatly and, and then die. The famine was not a small deal, folks. It was widespread. People were dying. 
a drought was upon the land and all the crops had failed. The stored provisions from previous years was nearly gone. And Jacob and his family were facing death by starvation. But the God of providence never forgets his children. I'm going to see if I can get some audience participation. I said, the God of providence never forgets his children. And today, I feel like the Lord wants us to reflect upon and give praise for the protective hand of God that is even now upon our lives. God has been so very good to us. A police officer stopped a car. And a few minutes later, he was under fire. He was hit in the chest by a bullet. Amazingly, the bullet was stopped by his badge. What if his badge had been higher or lower or to more to the right or left? What if the bullet had gone one or two inches either way? But God protected that police officer in a miraculous manner. Someday, when we do get to heaven, it's going to be fascinating to learn all the times that God protected us that we were not even aware of. We sit here today because God has been very gracious and God has been very merciful to us. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he would have done it a long time ago, but for your heavenly Father. I'll never forget, uh, this lady was, was reaching her purse and she was fumbling, probably trying to get her keys, and it was a hot summer day. There was not a wind blowing anywhere. And she was getting ready to step down off the curb, and she had her hands in her purse and her eyes downward, and a wind came from nowhere. Blew her so hard that she went backward and circled as she went backward. There had not been a wind all day. At the same moment, a big old truck or bus with one of those wide mirrors went by. She didn't even see the vehicle. She was spinning and grumbling. Irritated because something had come up and had caused her to begin to swirl around. But God was actually saving her life. Mama always had a picture when I was a kid. And I put it up before. But I grew up with that picture hanging somewhere in the house. And I always was reminded that God has put an angel around us to protect us. I thank God for the angel of the Lord that encamps around about them that fear him and delivereth them. Did you hear that? Amen. He encamps around about them that fear him. How many respect the Lord? Amen. And he delivers them. I want to put a couple pictures up here. You see, if you can, go to the next picture. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. Just leave that one there for a minute. This car belongs to a daughter of a friend of mine. Sarah's dad got the call that nobody wants to get. Your daughter's been in a 
terrible accident. He got in his car and he drove, and this is her car. Doesn't look like anybody could survive that. But she came out of it without a scratch. That girl came out of that accident with no injuries. And were it not for the mighty hand of God, were it not for the angel of the Lord, are we blessed or what? The Lord kept her from injury. And as Mark stood looking at that car, he told me. He said, I looked down and he said, there was a little sheet of paper that had fluttered. The wind had blown it over to my feet. And he said, I, I bent over and I picked it up. And this is what it said. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, if you think that was chance, boy, you got a lot more faith than I do, but I believe the Lord was given a simple message to that dad who was thanking God, standing there and weeping because his daughter could have been dead, but she came out of that accident without a scratch, and at his feet is a little piece of paper, and on that paper is written, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Maybe this would be a good place right now for us just to stop and close our eyes, and, and can we just thank God for all the times he spared our lives, all the times he's kept us from harm, all the accidents that, that God kept us from being hurt in or kept us from being majorly injured. Come on, somebody, lift your hands to the Lord and just begin to give him thanks for who he is and for what a wonderful protector and guide and provider he is. Praise God. I thank you, Lord, for watching over me day and night, night and day. I think you're going to be glad you came to church today because God is encouraging us. Another verse of Scripture that I felt led to share with you is found in Isaiah 41 and 10, where the Lord God said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yes, I will help thee. Yes, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Oh, thank God. He said, don't be afraid. I am with you. <laughs> Some of my stories are just stories that I, you know, it happened to me, so I tell them. And I was a new kid in an area, it was a rural area, and, and boys can be territorial. And I was, uh, mom and dad had gotten me the only new bike I ever remember getting, and I'm not sure it was new. It had chrome fenders. Back fender was chrome, the front fender was chrome. I was pretty proud of that bike. And I was taking a bicycle ride on this little country road, and all of a sudden I was surrounded by three or four, no four or five, boys. And they were there not to welcome me. They were there to beat the snot out of me. And so 
I'm standing there and they're trying to start something. So one of them goes over and hits my bike. That's the way to do it, see? So I said, don't hit my bike. I'll hit your bike. He knocks the bike over. Well, before I know it, me and this boy are in the middle of a circle of boys. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to have to duke it out with this guy because they're not going to let me go. And so I'm thinking, whoo, boy, this is going to be tough. If I, if I win against this boy, there's several other boys that are going to step in. I'm in for it. So here we go. And we got our fist up and, and we're circling each other. And all of a sudden, way off in the peripheral, I heard something go, boom! And out of the corner of my eye, you remember the, the old screen doors that were aluminum? It made a lot of noise when you hit them. My brother is three and a half years, almost four years older than I am. And he was bigger than me. He saw what was going on, and he was about a half block away, but he had eagle vision. He come running out that door. He hit that screen door. Pow! That's what I heard, and he's running toward us. You never saw a bunch of kids getting on their bikes and peeling out. I mean, they're getting, they're, they're, they're gone. And I, I have to tell you that that's the way the Lord is toward us. God always comes to our rescue. Come on now. I need a witness this morning. God comes and he, he makes a way for us. And fear thou not, for I am with thee. Can I tell you that we are the objects of his love? I, I love this, uh, another passage here. In Isaiah 49 and 15, it says, Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee? Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. Who's saying that? Almighty God is saying that. He said, it's possible that some moms can forget their kids. I never had a mom like that. But it's possible that some mothers would forget. He said, but I'll tell you something. I will never forget you. I've written your names on the palms of my hands. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Jacob didn't know it. But before the first day of the famine... God had already stored provisions for his people. Before Jacob even knew that there was going to be a famine, God was storing up provisions for him and for his family. God turned Jacob's worst trial into his greatest blessing. Listen to what I'm saying now. He turned his worst trial into his greatest blessing. The greatest trial of Jacob's life had been the loss of Joseph. The day Joseph's brethren secretly sold Joseph into slavery and took his coat and dipped it in the blood of a goat and brought it to their father from out in the field and said, you don't know who this belongs to, do you? It looks to me like it belongs to Joseph. 
that had been the worst day of his life. 22 years later, Jacob received his greatest miracle because of his worst trial. Because of his worst trial, Jacob's entire family was saved. I don't like to go through trials. Don't get me wrong. I hate trials. I'm not asking for trials. But God can turn your worst trial into your greatest victory. Can I get a witness? Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, here we are on this winter Sunday morning and I'm talking to somebody and God's talking to somebody and he's saying, now hang on, I'm going to turn your worst trial into your greatest blessing. Amen. Jacob's entire family was saved. And it's amazing to me that Almighty God has stored provisions for his people by the hand of Joseph. What he thought was the worst thing that could ever happen was absolutely the salvation of his family. Nevertheless, while others were suffering from malnutrition and starvation, God had corn in store for Jacob and his entire family. I don't know what's going to happen with the politics. I don't know what's going to happen in the future for this country. I don't know what's going to happen for the future of the world, except that I know that God will take care of you. That's all I know. God's going to take care of you. Be not afraid. He will take care of you. Can you imagine the surprise that Jacob had when he found out his deliverance was going to come from Egypt? You know, sometimes we're not recognizing what God's doing. We're blaming it on the devil, and we're saying, oh my God, I can't believe, and blah, blah, blah. But Jacob is going to get a miracle, and his miracle is going to come from the most unexpected place. His miracle is going to come from Egypt. That was the last place he would have expected deliverance to come. Nevertheless, while all others were suffering from malnutrition and starvation, God had corn in store for him and for his entire family. I want, to, I want you to understand, it is going to be very important from this day forward until the rapture that we walk in covenant with God. Don't worry that God's not going to take care of you. He will take care of you. Walk in covenant with him. He will more than take care of you. He will bless you greatly. And it's going to be important that from now until the rapture that we walk in the covenant that God has placed in our life. And I'm going to tell somebody that the benefits of your relationship and your covenant with God far outweigh any cost of discipleship. The devil wants you to get your eyes on, well, what might God expect of me? What might God ask me to do? What might God want me to give up? Don't worry about that. God will always give to you more than what you give to him. He will never take your life and push it down. He will always raise it up. If your name's Peter and you're a fisherman on the Sea of Galilee, he's going to change you to Peter the apostle, and he's going to raise you up. 
If your name's John and you fish on a Sea of Galilee the size of, of, the sea, uh, uh, of uh, Moosehead Lake, he's going to take you and he's going to raise you up and your name's going to become renowned throughout the world forever until Jesus comes, the Apostle John. For you see, when God calls people, he doesn't push them down into the dirt. When God calls them, he lifts them up. But sometimes we go through things that we do not understand. And God asks us to do things that may seem sacrificial. But if you'll trust the Lord, God's got his hand upon your life. And the devil would love to take you out of your beautiful covenant and out of your wonderful blessings. Oh, he doesn't want to give you a good time. He's mad and jealous because of all the blessings that God is placing in your life. When all things are seemingly against you, I want somebody to be assured that God has already made a reservation on your behalf. Thank you, Jesus. I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. He said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. Can everybody repeat that with me? God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Now sometimes it's pretty close, isn't it? Seems like it anyway. But he will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. No test, no temptation that comes your way is beyond what others somewhere, sometime have had to face or are facing right now, just like you. And remember that God will never let you down. I can stake my life on that. God will never let you down. Put your trust in him. Put your confidence in him. People that put their confidence in these actually will get sick at some point. They won't be able to use these. But if you put your confidence in God, God's going to make a way for you. Somebody say praise the Lord. He'll never let you be pushed past your limits. Again, sometimes it seems like it, but he knows. He will always be there to help you get through it. I've often thought, where do people go that do, that do not have the Lord when something life-shattering happens? What do they do? I know where I go. I go to him, and I pour out my heart to him, and he is the comforter. He begins to comfort me. He begins to help me. He's a friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother. Isaiah 46 and 9 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times. The things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and, and I will do all my pleasure. I, I, I think it's comforting to know 
that God knows the end from the beginning, that he actually declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done. Nothing surprises God. He already knows how he's going to deliver you out of your situation. He already has a plan. He's going to have corn stored when you're in your famine. He's going to have the angel of the Lord ready when you go into the burning, fiery furnace. He's already got an angel in the lion's den that's shutting the mouth of the lion. No matter what you're going through, God has it, whether it be the cure from cancer or whether it be a situation with your children or whether it be a financial stress that's in your life. God knows how to help you and he will help you keep your trust in him. Well, I'm going to clap my hands. That's good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's just it's amazing to me that all the trials and the tests that come our way, he already has a plan how to deliver you out of those. Amen. He's already thought about your future. He's already thought about it. He says, I, I have a plan for your life. Amen. And let me tell you what, walking in his plan is way better than walking in your plan. He knew all your weaknesses. He knew all your challenges. He, he knew when he called you, the trials and the tests that would come your way. He always said, this is how I'm going to deliver them. All your physical problems, he said, yep, I got that under control. All your financial needs, yep, I got that. And all the concerns that you face with your family, yes, I understand that. I'll take care of that. He knew when he called you your need of, of a place to stay and clothing and health and peace and prosperity. And this is what he said. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear you not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. You are valuable to God. So valuable that he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chast the chastised of our peace. He was chastised and beaten for our peace and for our healing. Maybe we could just stop for a minute and celebrate Jesus. How many have found him to be wonderful? Is there anybody you found it wonderful? Yeah, he's wonderful. Uh, how many's discovered him to be the mighty God? Yep, the mighty God. That's what he's been for me, the mighty God. Well, how many can celebrate him as the everlasting father? Oh, yeah. When my earthly papa passed, I went to my spiritual papa. When my earthly mama passed, I went to my, my father, which is in heaven. He's the everlasting father. He will never leave me. Oh, how about this one? Has anybody found Jesus to be the prince of peace? Come on now. People all around you are going 
and having nervous breakdowns, but, but you found Jesus to be your Prince of Peace. Well, celebrate it just for a minute. Lord, you are my Prince of Peace. I don't have to walk around anxious and afraid anymore because I claim you as my Prince of Peace. Woo. It's a couple Hebrew words I want to help you. Some of you know it already, but some of you don't. So see if you can find those two words for me, Brother Pat, Sister Rachel. Put them up there. Aha, how many remember that word, those two words? In Hebrew, it says, Shalom Alechem. Let's try it. Shalom Alechem. For thousands of years, God's people have been greeting each other with the blessing, Peace be unto you, which is what it means in English. Shalom Alechem. And the person that you say it to would say, Alechem Shalom, which means unto you, peace. And for thousands of years, even Jesus himself, when he came and walked through the wall in the upper room after the resurrection, remember the Bible said, he said, peace be unto you. In Hebrew, he said, Shalom Alechem. Turn to somebody and just try it, just for fun. Turn to somebody and say, Shalom Alechem. And then say back to the person, Alechem Shalom. The Lord told Jeremiah, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. And we just read from the NIV that says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you. Somebody say amen. amen. And not to harm you. Amen. Plans to give you hope amen. and a future. Amen. We'll receive that right now, Lord. Amen. There is someone with you in the midst of your situation. And he's not going to let you be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I don't know how he's going to do it. But somehow he will deliver you. And somewhere he will provide for you. Your rescue, however, may come from an unexpected place or an unexpected source because, like the old song says, the Lord moves in mysterious ways His wonders to perform. He may do a miracle for you that you never expected. It may come from a source that you never even thought about. How could that be? I'll tell you how. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I, I believe God gave me this message. Now, you can reach out and take it and say, yes, that's, that's for me. But I'm telling somebody in this building and somebody online that help will most assuredly come in the midst of your extremity and you shall magnify the name of the Lord. God told his servant Elijah, he said, it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. 
So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, uh, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. If man doesn't feed you, ravens will. If your fields yield no wheat, heaven will drop with manna. Therefore, fear not, for God will take care of you. Somebody say, God will take care of me. One of my favorite missionary stories is about to be told. And that is what it's about. It's a true story. Missionary in the Democratic Republic of Congo, a lady told a story. And I'm just going to, she, she wrote out her testimony. And I'm going to read her testimony to you. She said, one night in Central Africa, I worked hard to help a mother in the labor ward but in spite of all that we could do, she died, leaving us with a tiny, premature baby and a crying little two-year-old daughter. We would have difficulty keeping the baby alive, she said. We had no incubator. We had no electricity to run an incubator and no special feeding facilities. Although we lived on the equator, nights were often chilly with dangerous drafts. A student midwife went for the box we had for such premature babies and for the cotton wool that the baby would be wrapped in. Another went to stoke up the fire and fill up a, a hot water bottle. She came back shortly in distress to tell me that in filling the bottle, it had burst. Rubber perishes easily in tropical climates. And it's our last hot water bottle, she exclaimed. As in the West, it is no good crying over spilled milk. So in Central Africa, it might be considered no good to cry over a burst water bottle. They don't grow on trees. There are no drugstores down forest pathways. All right, I said. Put the baby as near the fire as you safely can. Sleep between the baby and the door to keep it free from drafts. Your job is to keep the baby warm. The following noon as I did most days. I went to have prayer with many of the orphanage children who chose together with me. I, I gave the youngsters various suggestions of things to pray about and told them about the tiny baby. I explained our problem about keeping the baby warm enough. And I mentioned the hot water bottle. The baby could so easily die if it got chilled. I, I also told them about the two-year-old sister who was crying because her mother had died. During that prayer meeting, one 10-year-old girl, her name was Ruth, she prayed with bluntness. And here's what she said. Please, God, Send us a water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow. God, the baby will be dead tomorrow. So please send the water bottle 
this afternoon. Well, I gasped inwardly at the audacity of the prayer. She went further. And God, while you're about it, would you please send a dolly for the little girl so you'll know she'll know you really love her. As often with children's prayers, the missionary said, I was, I was put on the spot. Could I even honestly say amen? She just asked. I'm in, I'm in Central Africa, she says. And this girl, this is the morning prayer meeting, and she's saying, I want a water bottle sent by this afternoon. And then she said, and I want a little dolly for the two-year-old daughter that lost her mother, and I want that this afternoon too. And the missionary said, I just did not believe that God could do this. Oh, I know, she said, he can do everything. The Bible says so, but there are limits, aren't there? The only way God could answer this particular prayer would be by sending a parcel from the homeland. Now, I had been in Africa for almost four years at that time, and I had never, ever received a parcel from home. Anyway, if somebody did send a parcel, who would put in a hot water bottle? I lived on the equator. Halfway through the afternoon, while I was teaching the nurses' training school, a message was sent that there was a car at my front door. By the time I reached home, the car had gone, but there on the veranda was a large 22-pound parcel. I felt tears filling my eyes, she said. I could not open the parcel alone, so I sent for the orphanage children. And together, we pulled off the string, carefully undoing each knot. We folded the paper, taking care not to tear it unduly. Excitement was mounting. Some 30 or 40 pairs of eyes were focused on that large cardboard box. And from the top, I, I lifted out brightly colored knitted jerseys. Eyes sparkled as I gave them out. Then there were the knitted bandages for the leprosy patients. And the children began to look a little bored. Next came a box of mixed raisins that would make a nice batch of buns for the weekend. And as I put my hand in again, I felt that... Could it really be? I grasped it. I pulled it out. A brand new rubber hot water bottle. I cried. I had not asked God to send it. I had not truly believed that he could. But little Ruth was in the front row of the children. She was the little girl that had prayed this prayer. She rushed forward crying out, If God sent the bottle, he must have sent the dolly too. Rummaging down to the bottom of the box, God be my witness, she pulled out the small, beautiful dressed dolly. Her eyes shone. Little Ruthie had never doubted. Looking up at me, she asked, 
can I go over with you, mummy, and give this dolly to that little girl so she'll know that Jesus really loves her? Ladies and gentlemen, that parcel had been on the way for five whole months. Packed up by my former Sunday school class, whose leader had heard and obeyed God's prompting to send a hot water bottle even to the equator. One of the girls had put in a dolly for an African child five months earlier. In answer to the believing prayer of a 10-year-old to bring it this afternoon, And I have the answer for how that could happen. Isaiah 65, 24. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. I'm preaching to somebody today that God knows exactly what you're going through. And the answer has already been found. It answers already on its way before that child put her little hands together and said, Dear Father, would you send a hot water bottle this afternoon? And the adult's going, uh-oh, uh-oh. And then she says, and while you're at it, would you put a little dolly in it for the little two-year-old girl that lost her mama? And five months before, God already knew what was going to be prayed. And he said, it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're yet speaking, I will hear. I'm telling somebody that God already has the answer. It's even now on its way. Would you lift your hands and would you praise this God who is so good to us, so kind to us, so wonderful. To, oh, he really is wonderful. He really is counselor. He really is the mighty God and the everlasting father. He really is the prince of peace. He really does have the answer. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We give you praise today, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm just going to praise God for a minute. You do whatever you want to. I'm just going to praise him because I feel like the answers are already been. Before you ever prayed, he already started the answer toward you. Come on, somebody. Let's just begin to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't understand what happened to that person. I don't understand why some things have happened or why maybe a child has gone astray. But I do know that before I ever prayed, God already had the answer on the way can somebody stand up with me and say yes can somebody stand up and say yes yes god i believe i believe if you can do it for somebody in central africa then you can do it for me hallelujah Praise the name of the Lord. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Wow. Hallelujah. See, what you thought was the worst thing 
It could have been tragic and terrible, but God's going to make something beautiful come out of it. I want somebody that believes to come stand in the front. I'm done preaching. I'm just going to ask for people who will receive this message today and say, Preacher, I believe what you're saying. I believe that God has already started the answer on its way. Before I ever knew how to pray, God already started the answer on its way. And before I ever ask, He's going to answer it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Jesus, you're great. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. That's what the Word of God says. And so, Lord, I give you praise. Hallelujah. Would you just close your eyes with me right now? And would you just begin to thank God for the answer that is even now on its way? Would you begin to thank God for the answer? Oh, I can't do it, but God can. I can't do miracles, but God can. I can't heal one person, but God can. I can't do any of those things, but there's a God in heaven, and He's answering your prayers right now in the name of Jesus receive your miracle I speak by the authority of the word of God I speak by the authority of the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus receive your miracle and somebody can feel the warmth of God's presence touching you and somebody here and somebody online can feel the warmth of God's healing power as God's working his spirit down through your body and every cell of your body is being touched and somebody that has a child in trouble lift your voice and begin to shout before I ever prayed God knew how he was going to answer before I ever asked him he already started the answer on his way oh thank you Jesus now receive ye the spirit of God into your life receive ye the spirit of the Holy One of Israel into your life in the name of Jesus receive ye the Holy Ghost oh that's it saints of God, elders, younger ones. It doesn't matter. God has his hand upon your life. And guess what? He told me to tell you that you matter to him. You are the object of his love. I'm a, I can't I can't explain to you what I feel right now. I, I feel a warmth of the presence of God going all through me right now. I feel the warmth of the anointed of the Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Somebody, if you just praise Him a little bit more, you're on the edge of a miracle right now. Somebody praise Him like little Ruthie believed. I want you to believe just like that little African girl believed. Hallelujah. I also have faith in God. I believe in you, sir. I believe in your answer. I believe it's on its way. God wants to fill somebody. I feel right now God wants to fill somebody with His Spirit. Everybody, wherever you are, close your eyes. Get comfortable for a moment. And in your mind, I want you to begin to picture Jesus and He's reaching to you right now. And I want you to lift up your voice and just begin to praise Him. Doesn't matter what you're saying. It could be, I love you, Jesus, or hallelujah, or just speaking the name of Jesus. But keep your eyes shut so you're not uh, distracted. And just begin to praise Him. 
Praise Him right now with your voice. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, He will bring comfort to your heart. If you need renewal, He'll bring comfort to your heart. If you've never received the Holy Ghost before, He's going to bring comfort to your heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now tip your head back because this Holy Spirit comes from heaven. So tip your head back and open your mouth and begin to praise the Lord. And God is ready to fill you for the first time or for the 100th time. He's ready to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel it right now. Does anybody else feel it? I feel the warmth in my heart right now. Jesus, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. That's it. Praise is a ladder. As you're praising God, you're climbing a spiritual ladder. Keep praising God. The more you praise Him, the closer you get to Him. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, let that cancer be removed right now. Let that cancer be gone right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're watching online or if you're in this building, if there's something wrong in your body, put your hand where it, that that sickness is and begin to believe with me. Come on, don't miss this moment. Put your hand wherever it is that you've been having trouble and begin to say, I believe God. I believe God. Cancer has to go. Sickness has to go. Heart disease has to go. Kidney disease has to go. In the name of Jesus, lung disease has to go. In the name of Jesus, sugar diabetes, it has to go. In the name of Jesus, I believe. I believe, I believe. Now let's lift up our voices one more time and let's praise the Lord. You came through the snow to get here and God is rewarding you for your efforts. Oh God, here we are today. Here we are to praise you. Here we are to say that you are wonderful. You are our counselor. You are the mighty God. You are the everlasting father and you're our prince of peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for being such a wonderful God. I thank you, Lord, that you will take care of me. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow. There's a powerful presence of God that just swept through here like a river. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. When you leave here today, leave without fear. Leave without worry. Leave without concern. And trust the Lord because you matter to Him. He loves you.